My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Good morning, Christian America. In today's podcast, today's scripture that we're going to discuss, that we're going to go over, Jesus has had enough. He walks into the temple. He sees the money changer. He sees the commerce that's taking place in the temple. He's upset. Don't let people tell you that Jesus doesn't get upset because he's upset in this passage. He's upset in this scripture. He walks into the temple and the temple is filled with people making money in the house of the Lord. And he's had it. Let's talk about what he says. Let's talk about what it means. And let's talk about what it means for us because there's a lot of people today. There's a lot of individuals. There's a lot of Christian organizations. There's a lot of ministers and pastors. There's a lot of so-called leaders out there that are trying to turn their house of prayer into a den of thieves. So let's talk about that more as we get ready to get into the weekend. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here with the Christian American community and the Christian American t-shirt company coming to you today, this Friday, to end the week with something thought-provoking, something that may be on your mind, something that we tend to struggle with. And one of those things that we tend to struggle with as believers in Christ, as believers in scriptures, as those who seek out God's word, and not only his word, but the intention for us in his word. What does it mean for us? What does it mean for me? Am I thinking the way I should be thinking? Am I living the way I should be living? And then what happens to us when maybe we think we're living right, but we are actually living wrong. When we, because there is something extremely dangerous about people who think they're right and are actually wrong because you can't tell them anything because they think they're right. They won't change their habits because they think they're right. You have to explain and hopefully we can prove to them how they're wrong. So they would, they would change behavior. They would start living right. And that is not always easy. Actually, most of the time, it's very difficult. It's very difficult, especially in the areas of faith, especially in the areas of Scripture, because so many people look at things from so many different directions. And the, the Word of God, the revelation of Scripture is so deep. There's so many pieces to it that it's hard and it can be hard to decipher what is meant, what was meant, and how does that apply to us? How does it apply to me? How does it apply in our lives? Now that's something that, you know, we try to, uh, we, we try to help out here in this podcast. So what we do on Fridays on the Friday podcast is I'm going to read another snippet, another section another piece of scripture in sequential order. So we know where Jesus has come from and where he's going. And we break it down bit by bit, story by story, parable by parable, if necessary, and try to extract those nuggets of wisdom, try to extract those nuggets of goodness so that we may be better informed, that we may be better educated, that we may be, uh, have more insight 
into what God has planned for us so that we could then make the right decisions that we can guide ourselves. And there's a lot of people that will take a word or a phrase or one line of text and then spin it and shape it to, for their narrative. And you have to be careful and you have to be mindful of people like that, which is why we try to bring you scripture verbatim, the entire portion, not out of context so that you can hear the word that's spoken. You can see for your, with yourself, with your own eyes for yourself, exactly what scripture says. And then we'll try to break it down. And everything after that is, is kind of my outlook on it, but may not be your outlook on it, but at least you can make an informed decision if you have the ability or take part in this conversation that that God and his word should be followed that the text of scripture is important it's important to us it's important for us for our livelihood for the livelihood of our families for the livelihood of our communities of individuals in and around us it's important because without the scripture, without the love of God, without his words that he provides to us, we are the lost sheep. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to turn. And we don't want to be in this state. We want to be in the state of grace. We want to be in the state where we focus on Christ, that we have him in our sights, and recognize that he has his arms out open to us, ready to embrace us. But if we don't know of him, if we've never heard of his word, if we've never pondered it, if we've never studied it, if we've never read it, if we've never listened to it, if we've never thought about it, meditated on it, we haven't memorized it, then how would we know? So today's podcast and today's scripture verse story what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about jesus he's entered into the temple he's come to jerusalem for passover he's about to enter into his passion where we are in the book of matthew chapter 21 where he's already arrived as the king riding in on a on a donkey he's celebrated with palm branches and he's cleansed and healed and they're cheering, recognizing Jesus for who he is. Osana, son of David, in the highest, blessed is he. All these things are taking place. All these things are happening. And so this is where we pick up. Recognizing that Jesus has to enter Jerusalem in this manner in order to fulfill the prophecies in order to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies of Zechariah. He's already explained a few times, three times, he's predicted his death to his followers and to his disciples. And so as he enters into the temple is where we pick up today's passage. And we're going to see and we're going to listen. And we're going to think about what scripture says about what Jesus does. 
Okay, so now it says Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, when Jesus cleanses the temple. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you ever read out of the mouth of babies and nursing infants, you will have perfected praise. Then he left them and he went out to the city of Bethany and he was lodged there. Out of the mouths of babies and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Another reflection, another throwback to the Old Testament, prophesizing and speaking wisdom about the faith of children. Jesus says it numerous times in scripture also in the past three years that he's been with his disciples he said it a few times that bring the little ones to me do not hinder them do not be a stumbling block do not be a scandalian one which those stumble over because if you make one of these little ones to sin it's better that we tie a millstone around your neck and you be thrown into the ocean not my words jesus's words Jesus comes in today's scripture and he's into the temple and he sees the money changers. He sees people making profits, ill-gotten profits. It's not just profits. It's ill-gotten profits. They've cooked the system so that no one can use the money that the Romans use, the, the, the currency of the time. So you come in with Roman currency, which you can't use in the temple and the temple leadership and the people that are in there, the money changers, have to, uh, you have to change your Roman money, the currency of the day, for the Israeli money. And then you can purchase whatever it is you're going to purchase. So just like a regular bank today makes money off of exchanges of currency, so were they. And they, they, they set up this system, the money changers and the, and the church leadership set up this system to essentially take money from the people who were coming in earnestness, who were coming in faithfulness to their Passover season, to, to, to uh, uh, issue a sacrifice of whatever they could afford. It's, it's this environment that Jesus walks into. You have the average person doing their best to provide uh, a, a, a significant offering that they could afford to God as was the custom. And now you have the church leadership who should not only be attentive to 
those who are not leadership, those who are followers of their God, but they should also be seeking to lessen the burden of their followers. But that's not what's going on. You have the church leadership that are, that are not only not interested in helping their followers, but they are interested in scamming them out of money, scamming them out of money for their own good, for, for, the, for, the, for the good of uh, the leadership. Now, who does that remind you of today? There's a list about this long of names of pastors and preachers and so-called leaders in the Christian American community that are making ill-gotten gains off their own followers, off their own congregations, off their own uh, parishioners, off the people in their communities that they are supposed to be looking after, that are supposed to be taking care of, but yet they don't. And they pass the collection plate around and around and around, not for the good of the congregation, not for the good of the community, not for the good of the building that they may or may not occupy. But a lot of times, I say a lot of times, many times, there are, that money goes directly in the pockets of these quote unquote leaders. And we as Christian Americans, we as believers in Christ, we as members of churches and communities we must keep a sharp eye out for those that are taking advantage of the individuals in our community the fellow churchgoers in our community the fellow uh, community members to our left and to our right in the pews next to us that is where we should be considered concerned with we should be concerned with our brothers and sisters in Christ and always on the lookout for those that would take advantage of them. And how are we supposed to act? How are, how are we to act when we find wrongdoing? We must call it out. Look at what Jesus did today. Look at what he does in this passage. He quotes scripture while he turns over the money changers tables and he runs them out. So when they tell you that Jesus doesn't get upset, when they tell you that Jesus forgives all sins, remember that Jesus also makes things right on the spot. He didn't back down. He didn't whisper behind people's back. He didn't send someone else to go do it. He didn't play the, the, the good cop in this scenario. He saw wrongdoing and he addressed it immediately when we see wrongdoing when we see someone taking advantage of the people in our communities when we see people that are seeking ill-gotten gains in this case we must act immediately we must act right away and then what did he, what did he, what did uh, Jesus do next what he always does the blind come up to him the lame come up to him they seek his intervention in their lives. And, and of course, what does he do? He grants him. He's not upset at everybody. He's not, obviously, uh, he hasn't let the acts and the actions of those who have dishonored his father's temple. He doesn't take that out on any, anyone else. He doesn't blame or cast aspersions 
or storm off upset at people that didn't have anything to do with this. No, instead, he goes back to doing what Jesus always does, which is accept and involve himself in the lives of those that would request it, in the lives of those that seek it out. That's us. It should be us. We should be seeking God's intervention in our lives. And we do that by reading the word of scripture. We do that by praying to God. We do that by doing good works on his behalf. Because as Paul says, faith without works is dead. Now, are you saved by them? No, you are saved by your faith. But faith without works is dead. The works that we do, the expressions that we show, the actions that we take on, the people that we help, the fruit that we blossom or the, the, the fruit that we bear as followers of Christ. That's a direct reflection of who we consider ourselves to be and what community we consider ourselves to be a part of. And that community is the Christian American community, the community that's dedicated to putting Christ at the forefront of our lives, that seeks his word, that seeks his intervention, that seeks him at all times, that keeps him at the tips of our tongue, at the forefront of our vision and our mind, that love Christ and that love him so much that we dedicate our lives and our works and our actions and our thoughts to him so that others may see him through us, not for our own sake, not for our own gains, as this church leadership shows you in the passage today. Not that we may be the attention, not that we get ill-gotten gains, not that we become rich or wealthy in, in, in monetary status. Not that we sit at the, the, at the head of the table. Not that we can wear wrong low, wrong, long robes and fine jewelry. But that others may see Christ in us. The fruit that we bear and the works that we do symbolize who we are and who we represent. And who we represent in this world is Christ the King of the next world. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you got something out of it. I encourage you to pick up scripture. Turn to Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. Reread this passage. Rewatch it. Re-listen to this podcast if necessary. Think about these snippets of scripture. This journey we've taken you on for nearly a year and a half. And going through this book of Matthew portion by portion, step by step, methodically educating you guys on what scripture says and then trying to equate it, what it means for us. What does it mean for you right now in 2020 as we're going through this COVID-19 pandemic? How many people are out there? You know, there's a ton of people out there right now that are using this pandemic, that are using this crisis 
in order to scare people into giving them their hard-earned money. There are people that are scamming for ill-gotten gains. There's people in the church that are scamming for ill-gotten gains that are trying to take advantage of us, of you. Don't be one of those people, first and foremost. And second, be on the lookout for those who are trying to take advantage of the people that you love. And if you see wrong, speak up. If you see wrong, say something. If you see wrong, don't pawn it off onto somebody else. Take responsibility and do as Jesus does. Confront the problem and solve it. And then go back to doing the good works that you were doing previously. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a blessed weekend. Don't worry about this crisis. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll wear or anything else. Scripture says that God loves you more than any animal of the sky or flower of the earth. And he takes care of them. So how much better is he going to take care of you? Let us not forget that as you go into this weekend. You stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.